This episode is brought to you by ThinkNear. Their location score platform delivers the most accurate location targeting available on mobile. Visit them at locationscore.com. And by Pollen. Access your app store revenues faster and fund user acquisition straight away. To sign up, go to pollen.vc. Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode 231, April 26, 2015, late Sunday night, right after my Ottawa Senators were booted out of the National Hockey League playoffs, first round by the Montreal Canadiens. We'll have a moment of silence, Asif. How are you, buddy? My name's Rob Woodbridge, if you didn't know. A little depressed. <laughs> I'm doing good. And uh, yeah, it's Asif Khan of the Location-Based Marketing Association. I'm doing good. I, uh, <laughs> of course you are. took a crazy flight home uh, yesterday. Uh, that's like, I, I left, uh, I was in Puerto Rico this week at a hotel um, uh, industry conference. And I uh, departed from Puerto Rico at 3 20 a.m. Okay, uh, to get home um, for uh, stuff I had to do here uh, yesterday. But uh, uh, yeah, that was a painful time to uh, to be. Uh, you don't sleep fine. then. You don't. You just don't go to bed, do you? You just stay no, up till three. It's just a ridiculous time. And like you're hungry, right? Because you yeah. stayed up so late, and then you got it like, and there's nothing open at the airport. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's one of those weird, like just it's just not a good time to fly. I did a lot of traveling. Yeah. I did a lot of traveling in my twenties, right? I spent yeah. years abroad, and and that's exactly what it was. It was it was like uh, you know I couldn't wait to get on the airplane for airplane food. That's how hungry I was sometimes. But Stop. in every other, every other place in the world that I fly, like they don't like planes don't take off at, at three, three in the morning. No, three in the morning. That's just. But in Puerto Rico, they do. It's because so, they don't have any laws. They don't have any noise yeah. laws, right? That's the problem. Yeah. So you can't fly over somebody's house at three in the morning. Yeah. So anyhow. So, Whatever. but you were in Puerto Rico, and it was nice and warm. It was nice and warm. I didn't get outside much. Uh, I did manage uh, when the conference ended uh, because the flight was, you know, quite a ways away. Uh, <laughs> so I had a good half day to kill. I did actually go into the uh, into San Juan and uh, tour the uh, the fort with the, the famous fort there, and uh, kind of walked around that. That was kind of fun. Amazing. And then had dinner uh, with a few other people, and, and that was good. Well, see, if I I just uh, I you know I appreciate you giving me a little bit of a few minutes after the uh, the hockey game to to compose myself is what I typically do after uh, the Senators lose in the playoffs is that I go and snuggle with one of my sons and listen to uh, Bridge over Troubled Water and and, and cry quietly to myself. Hey, my Raptors were eliminated as well. Wow, so. what a what a tough day in sports. But I'm yeah. here. I'm here. My mascara's running, but we I'm here. here. We are here. Because we're troopers. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's tough. And you know what it is, Rob? Unlike the people who play on the Ottawa Senators and the folks that play for the, the Toronto Raptors, we don't get paid millions of dollars so that true. we can just, you know, like walk off. away and be okay. It's you know, we have to do this. We have to be here. Doing this that I thought we don't about get paid for at all. I thought about calling in sick, Asif. I yeah. thought about it, but I didn't yeah. know who to call. Like, we I, don't get paid at all, and we're still here. So yeah, there you go. Exactly. Uh, uh, it's a good thing I didn't have to grow up my, my playoff beard because yeah. this is pretty pathetic. Asif, what is going on in the world of the Location Based Marketing Association? There are two events I just want to highlight to this week. So uh, the first is right here in Toronto. Uh, I am going to be speaking on Tuesday evening uh, at uh, on behalf of the Toronto Product Management Association, the TPMA has asked me to come in and talk about uh, location-based marketing, of, of all things. Actually, location-based. Uh, it, it's called Reshape Your Marketing by Using Location-Based Techniques. So, mm. see, whatever I'm going to come up with for that, who knows. Um, 
But uh, so that's Tuesday evening. Uh, I believe it's uh, like 6 p.m. Um, at uh, Metro Hall, the uh, where the um, the the government uh, yeah, you know hangs out. Uh, Toronto uh, Metro government hangs out. So there you go. There's government in Toronto. Yes. There is government in Toronto, and uh, so I'll be there. And uh, and then on Thursday, uh, the Chicago chapter is hosting an event, and um, that one should be really good. It's uh, sponsored by Verve. Uh, I know that um, the, there will be a presentation of, of some case study data on some work that uh, they've done with Kimberly Clark. Um, so that should be interesting. And uh, check it out. So that's uh, Thursday, the 30th, um, in the evening as well. The Chicago Chapters is putting that on. I will not be there, uh, but uh, Anne Marie uh, and her team will be uh, making that all happen. So Sweet. And I have one thing that I have to remind everybody about. Uh, it's it's actually something that I'm just trying out. It's called uh, untether.ama. Ask me anything. Untether AMA. And my first guest is, of course, the guy that I go to on all beta <laughs> projects, Mr. Asif Khan here. It is at uh, actually on May 6th at 4 p.m. This is a live Ask Me Anything with Asif. You can ask him anything about location-based marketing, contextual-based marketing, everything that we talk about here, and then some. You can ask very specific questions. I don't know if he's going to answer them or not. We haven't. This is not something that is scripted. Um, but if you are interested in doing it, you can come anytime. You don't have to register, but if you are not on the mailing list and you'd like to be notified, you can go to untether.tv slash QA untether.tv slash QA and you can register there and you'll get some email notifications and this will be posted um, you know I'll, I'll be posting po posting this out onto uh, Twitter and uh, through my email list uh, the location with which you can actually log in and ask questions to receive it's all done by video we're gonna see if we can actually bring you in if you have a question get on video with us it's for one hour and uh, I'm not sure if we will rebroadcast it at all so if you want to ask us a question do so on May 6th right Asif? there you go yes or you can do it right here. You can just go to untether.tv forward slash talk, and uh, you can actually send us a voicemail, and we will answer it here. We will. Yes. I think. Well, this, uh, yeah, exactly. We'll try. We'll try. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it an effort. We will definitely give it an effort. I, I spent like uh, the whole weekend uh, racing back in Ottawa, and I spent the whole weekend uh, at my sister's place, who is under massive renovations. I've been painting, got fumes in my nose, I've been, mascara's running because the senator's lost, I've been crying all night. So we're going to get through this episode pretty quickly, I think. Before I break down, I get off. So now time. we're cheering for Calgary, right? We are 100% cheering for Calgary. Okay. Not right. Montreal. Not there's, Montreal. There's but one Canadian team left, uh, and uh, and that is not Montreal Canadiens. Yes. Screw them. Okay. That's what I say. All right, we're in agreement there. Calgary Flames for the win. All right, we got uh, ten big stories here. We got a huge guest. It's actually not just one guest. It's uh, I think five guests. It's a panel from Retail Loco. I had the opportunity to moderate this panel. It was the future of location-based marketing. And, of course, Asif is on it and a whole bunch of other people are on it. That is going to be our guest. I'll just take a clip of some of the most highlight, the, the fun stuff that we talked about in there. Um, and uh, and that's it. That's that's our guest is, is the panel. Our 10 stories, I think we should pretty much start at this moment. Um, our big conversation is going to be around the future of location. Uh, no, that's not impacted. <laughs> it's actually going to be our, our big topic is going to be around... Um, I think the limitations of hyper-local, and what I mean by that is there are a bunch of stories in the top 10 that are very, 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 very local. And in order for them to work, you need high-density uh, activity, and that's what we're going to be discussing at the end of the show. So stick around for that. I think that, Asif, it's your turn to start, my friend, All right. with our top 10 stories. So Not so fast. Before we get to those stories, we need to get paid. So here is a message from our sponsor. 
One of our sponsors here is Thinknear. They figured out that the more accurate an ad is, the more effective it becomes. Then they built a company that does just that. One of their clients is Jeep, that iconic Chrysler brand of SUVs. They hope to prove that targeted ads made a difference on dealer visits. I talked to Brett Cohn, VP Marketing for Thinknear, about the results. Yeah, is we set up two test groups for Jeep. A test group with unfiltered location data, meaning it's coming straight from the publishers and not being scored at all. And we had a score test group where we put it through the location score platform and filtered out only down to the most accurate data. Here is the difference between the scored and the unscored inventory. It is staggering. 94% of the impressions were delivered in the target area. For the unscored data, only around 29% were delivered in the target market. So it just shows you how impactful that location accuracy can be in terms of reaching your audience. We saw a cost per dealer visit that was 35% lower when we used good data. It, it really drives on the point that if you've got accurate data, you're going to deliver a more engaging and relevant ad to the user base and they're going to react to it better. They're going to visit dealer lots more frequently. They're going to engage with your brand. And if you're not using accurate data, it can actually have a negative brand experience in that people are not getting relevant ads. And not only does your campaign performance suffer, but it can actually have a negative brand impact. Think near. The reason you bought that Jeep. And now, back to the show. Asif, it's your turn to start, my friend. All right. Our top 10 stories. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. Um, interesting first story here. Uh, there's a, a startup um, that's out there uh, called Views Wagon. Uh, it's spelled V-I-E-W-S-W-A-G-E-N. Uh, so I just want to make sure that uh, that's out there. And uh, so these guys, uh, it, it's uh, it's launched by a guy named James Bell Fuel. Um, I think that's how you say his last name. But uh, what he's trying to do is um, create a uh, an ad layer on top of Uber and Lyft. And so what they're doing is is they're installing screens. Uh, in the cars of Uber and Lyft drivers, uh, and uh, basically this is launching on May the 1st. Um, uh, they're gearing up for a national launch across the U.S., uh, and they're putting tablets in these cars. Um, and, um, you know, they're basically going to pay uh, the drivers of these cars, I believe it's $3 an hour on top of their normal whatever they make for, for, for you know, driving people all around, um, you know, to be able to run ads on this, and so they're they're responsible for selling the ads. Viewswagon is, and, and going out and and basically creating the you know the the ad piece of it. But what's cool about this, what I think is interesting about this, is they're paying the you know the, the, there's a set rate. They're paying drivers, you know, this three dollars an hour to have these tablets in their cars and and to drive around with this. So you know, we've all been in the taxis in New York and everywhere else where you see the screens in there and they're running the same crap over and over again. Uh, here you have, um, you know, somebody who's decided, hey, you know, we, we can build a business on top of what Uber and Lyft are doing. And, uh, you know, I think it's interesting. We'll, we'll see we'll see how it plays out. That is very interesting. And we'll see how that does play out because I'm, I'm not sure that Uber or Lyft are, are going to be keen on that, maybe. I, I don't know what the Uber legalities are. Uber and Lyft are. basically try and, and do their own. It, it could be another Meerkat Periscope right here. Yes, battling for a non-existent market. Mm. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, it's interesting. Views wagon. Views wagon. Views wagon. Well, it's tough to say. I always thought I thought you misspelled it. It was supposed to be a Volkswagen story. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. 
All right, our next story is about an app called Density. You go to density.io. You are my density. Remember that scene? The greatest scene ever? I'm George. George McFly. I'm your density. But back to the story. Density.io. Now, here is an app that I am, I swear to God, this is what Local Mind was trying to do back in the day. Local Mind is a store, is a company that we covered many, many, many times, that guests multiple times, and it seems like we keep coming back to them about how far advanced they were, and Lenny and his team were just around what they were doing with hyperlocal uh, notifications and hyperlocal information. And this is it. Density is an app that the number one reason for its existence is to tell you how busy someplace is. If, it, if there's a long waiting list, or if there's a long line, or if it's a quiet place, depending on what it is that you want. The difference is, is that Density basically puts a door tracker in. So they go in, they install a piece of hardware at the door, and all it does is track ins and outs. Ins and outs. Very simple. Just exactly what you would expect. And then they broadcast that to the app, and it basically says, hey, listen, this place is busy, or this place is not so busy. So right now, as I speak, there's nothing local here. I mean, this is only in San Francisco. I think it's in New York. It's in Boston. It's some big places like that. Um, but the Blue Bottle Cafe, uh, Coffee um, uh, Restaurant or Blue, Bo Blue Bottle Coffee in Soma has low traffic. The Southeast Grind in Portland has low traffic. Uh, Central uh, Office in Portland has low traffic. And Bare Bones in Portland has steady traffic. So, I mean, there's eight different places on this that you can choose from. It's not very, 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 um, I, I don't know. There's not a lot of population here. There's not a lot of density around this. Um, and that's part of what our big story is about. Can this something like this survive with low density? But density.io is the, is the name of the company. You can download the app. And if you happen to want to go to these places, it's a pretty unique way of finding out how busy it is or not. Okay. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, or maybe not so cool. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'll talk more about that. I think at the at, at our, our our wrap up story. Yeah, hold off. All right. Now uh, this is the first of uh, uh, two stories in one that uh, that I'm going to be delivering today. Um, so th this is a, a funding update. Um, really, the first is uh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter Ventures, to be specific, the investment arm of Twitter, has put 18. Well, has participated and been the the lead. In an $18 million investment in Swirl. Uh, so Swirl is a company we've talked about before. Swirl Networks is a beacon uh, marketing company um, that uh, is the one that was behind the beacons at HBC, Lord & Taylor. Uh, they've got Marriott. They've got Alex and Annie. They've got Timberland. They've got a bunch of uh, big brands in, in New York and Boston and places like that. Um, and... Um, you know, now they've got eighteen million dollars. Um, that uh, the bulk of which is coming from uh, from Twitter. So that I think that that that's a big move be, uh, for me because I, I uh, you know, we we've been looking at some of the things that Twitter has been doing, and obviously we just talked about briefly mentioned Periscope, um, and the fact that that they're going into the beacon space or at least putting money behind a beacon company for me is interesting. It it. it I, in some ways, I look at it as a bit of a response to Facebook's uh, move around testing beacons. And I think everybody's trying to figure out, you know, uh, how they can sort of bridge the online and 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 uh, physical worlds. Uh, so I see. I, I think this is a good move. Uh, Swirls, you know, obviously one of the big players in the space, and and for Twitter to get behind it, um, you know, I, I like I like that move. So uh, so there you go. Twitter, uh, part of an eighteen million dollar investment round in Swirl. Uh, and then the second uh, funding story, uh, really quickly, is uh, a company called Gravy, and this this was a new one to me. I, I hadn't heard about these guys uh, before. They've got seven point six million dollars from Gannett. 
Um, and so, obviously, you know, here, here you have Gannett, the uh, the owners of USA Today, and one of the biggest players uh, on the planet in uh, in the news media uh, world, uh, is stepping up and putting money into this into this company called Gravy. So, Gravy is interesting because it's a it's a location based data analytics uh, firm, and um, so they're trying to, um, if, uh, in some ways, be a new uh, you know a new version of kind of like a place IQ type of model. Uh, so they're not an ad network. Uh, they're really trying to look at the attribution of location um, and uh, and doing that from you know from a data analytics uh, perspective. So um, it's an interesting move because you know I, I'm trying to figure out how how does Gannett kind of see value from this, right? Um, you know, and 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 ultimately, you know, what's the benefit to them on this? I mean, obviously, Gravy on, as a standalone company. Like everybody else in this space, there's there's a need for these companies. There's there's you know the the brands are are hungry for this kind of data and analytics. I'm trying to figure out what Gannett gets from this, or maybe it's just you know hey you know we just want to invest in in the future of the space and uh, you know participate in the profit taking. But I don't know. You know, it's I, I probably have the same question around why Andreessen Horowitz invested in Product Hunt. Yeah, right. Like it's the same thing because it doesn't really benefit them; it benefits everybody. Um, and it's just kind of maybe it's good for the community. I, I don't know. I don't believe Gannett would do that. I don't believe Andreessen Horowitz would do that either. So, uh, but the Twitter swirl investment—that's interesting because of this whole online offline stuff, right? Yeah. And and uh, you know Twitter commerce that they're bringing in. And you're right; it is in direct direct uh, response to Facebook and what they're doing as well. Yeah. So interesting. I like swirl. Yeah. I do like swirl. All right, talking about uh, talking about. I was just looking down here while, while you were talking there, Steve, and I was just checking. And, and no, in fact, my Apple Watch is not shipped yet. I mean, I don't know about uh, anybody else in the world, but it, you know, everybody is checking right now, and everybody's very frustrated with the whole process. And and the thing is that they have to put it in a package in order for me to be able to know when it's been shipped, and then I can actually follow it. And we all are so used to this whole thing about like FedEx and and UPS is that you can now track. You know, you've always been able to track your shipments, and and one of the things that you can never track is where your damn luggage is, and how many people out there have lost a piece of luggage? Oh my God, all the time. And then you end up what, like in the shorts and the fl and the sandals at a business meeting. This happens all the time. So now there's a company called Cita. You go to Cita.Aero, S-I-T-A.A-E-R-O, and they have a service called Bag Journey, and they call it end-to-end -end baggage tracking. And it is be bringing basically what what FedEx and UPS do for packages to your bags. You can actually track from the start to the end where your bags are. And if it went off the rails, you'll know where they are, where your bags are as well. This is, I cannot believe that it's taken this long for us to get to this point where we can track our bags on an airplane. And you know, because from a security standpoint, they know what bags are on what airplane. They know because again, you've probably been on a plane that has been grounded because there's a passenger that didn't make it, but their bags did. Now they have to get on there and take that bag off just for security reasons. So they know that it is there, but they've never had this company to be able to enable this for the person like me. And we talked about Delta last week around killing animals and uh, what they do with their animals. They, they don't track now. They offer the ability to track the animal, you know, basically where mm -hmm. the cage is at any point. And now you can track your bag. So they went animals first, bag second. I, the only thing I think is see if that they haven't... And are they charging for this? Well, they don't know. I, I think that they're saying that this is now a, a chargeable service. Yeah. But this is something that I think that uh, that they will charge for, of course. They're airlines, man. Of course they're airlines. Crazy. Right? So Crazy. I can't believe they haven't been able, they, this hasn't been done before. It's it's uh, it's a little it's a little nuts. But uh, so if you go to Cita.Aero, S-I-T-A dot A-E-R-O, you'll be able to find some more information about something called bag journey end-to-end -end baggage tracking. 
I like there you it. go. Now, when you stick, you know, when I hide away in your bags, Asif, to go to Australia with you, you'll be able to know where I am exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Do, do we know what, like whether you can still breathe or not, or well, things I mean, like that, like the pets? Breathing is exactly breathing <laughs> is inconsequential. What I'm hoping though is if I do get knocked down upside down or something like that, or or I, I am freezing, yeah. I can send you a text message and you can, okay. you can let my family yeah. know. I like that. Yeah. Uh, all right. Our fifth story across the pond over to uh, India. Uh, oh, and by the way, before I forget, um, you know, for all the people over there that are uh, you know, dealing with the uh, the aftermath of, of the um, the earthquake in, in Nepal, I mean, like you know, like it's my heart goes out to everybody over there um, and all the families that have been affected. It's just what what a disaster and you know, i was i was showing pictures of, with my kids um i was showing them pictures of the aftermath and and i have been to nepal many times kathmandu many times and and uh you know chitwan national park which is south of nepal and, and done the annapurna which is a trek up the mountains and i've done the trisuli river which is a whitewater glacial fed whitewater um a canoe trip down the uh, trisuli river and uh you know i've never done uh, base camp or anything like that but but uh, so, you know when when you're in kathmandu and you're steeped in history and, and uh, to see all that crumble down is just is devastating. Um, I, I'm with you. Like it, a natural disaster, you're you're on one of the you know world's fault lines because look around you, you've got the highest peak on the planet. But my God, um, and then to hear about what's going on on Everest as well, and uh, I mean, w- like talk about uh, monumental. What, what's happening out there? Yeah, brutal, yeah. brutal, brutal, brutal. Anyways, carry on. India, uh, India's yeah, right there. So in India, um, there's this uh, there's this app uh, that's launched in in Jaipur specifically. Um, and you know, just like we have Uber and Lyft and all these things over uh, in North America, uh, well, you know, in India, one of the big uh, things over there is rickshaws. And so, basically, we, what we have here is the creation of an app. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I know I'm gonna botch this because uh, I don't speak any Hindi or anything. But uh, this app is called Chalogi Kia. I think uh, is is the best I can do with that. Um, and basically, what you have here is a rickshaw hailing app. Uh, so passengers with smartphones can locate the closest. Uh, these are auto, auto, like um, uh, automatic rickshaws. So they're not like the manual ones. These are ones that are motorized uh, rickshaws, basically, uh, for pickup. And you can track where these things are. Uh, it's free for for the passengers to use, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, and they've teamed up with, um, uh, I think it's Airtel. Uh, hold on, let me make sure. Yeah, Airtel. So they're using Airtel. Uh, to do the location tracking of this. So this blends uh, GPS and cell tower triangulation uh, together, uh, which is the Airtel service, to, uh, to, to give you the real-time location of where these, uh, where these rickshaws are. So there you go. Chologi Kia. I'll go with that. Um, Way better than I could do. And, uh, yeah. Rickshaws. I, that's interesting because there are so many, like, tuk-tuks and rickshaws in India that... It just you know you don't have to hail one you just have to stand in front of the yeah, street. Yeah, but what's 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 interesting about this? So these are the only the the you know the ones that are like like the actually power ones, have, yeah. um, you know um, engines in them. Yep. Uh, and and second is, is it's free for the passenger. Uh, there's there's no service fee for this. They actually charge the rickshaw drivers a small fee to be listed on this uh, on this system. What? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So that's there crazy. you go. So yeah. you're gonna you're gonna take from the poor of the poor. I guess. Way to go. Yeah. Is it Airtel? That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, India. Like, yeah, I never would have thought, I would never would have considered doing this on, on tuk-tuks or, or rickshaws. Um, mm. But, I mean, even in Austin, you know, when we were, we, we took a little uh, rickshaw, a running rickshaw, and, um, and you know, they're everywhere. 
We didn't have to hail one. You'd think that there would be an app for that, come to think of it, but there wasn't. There was not. All right, our uh, so for, we go from rickshaws and tuk-tuks all the way to back to North America and um, hey, moms, momco. Now my wife is is a mother of two beautiful twin boys, Jack and Ben, now eight years old. But back in the day, uh, you know, when they were at home all the time, she, Sandra always looked for uh, you know things to do with these kids and people to hang out with. And and oftentimes, like we we waited a little bit till we were a little bit older till we had our first kids. Um, and so. You know, the parents are a little bit older and the kids are probably in school at this point. So this is would have been the app for her. It's called Momco. You go to momcoapp.com and it and picture what an app like this would do. And that's exactly what it would do. It's a highly local app that basically pairs mothers, right? It's like Tinder for mothers I, is the best way that I can put it without the whole hooking up stuff. It's about hooking up for playdates. It's about hooking up for... Um, uh, recipes. It's about hooking up for babysitters. It's about hooking up for services that are related to babies, uh, baby-friendly events. It's all hyper-local and it's all in one app. Here's another example of something that is so hyper-local that requires such density to make it work. And it's part of our big conversation. I don't know if I can say anything else. It's about playdates, services, and uh, babysitters. That's it. And maybe, a, you know, a cup of coffee or something like that with, with other mothers. So it's basically a hookup app platonic hookup app for mothers who who are um you know raising little kids that need to get out of the house is that a good way to describe it yeah i guess <laughs> it's, it's, yeah i'll you know, have more to say about that at the uh, at the wrap-up story yeah i think that that's we, we should leave it at that but if you're interested in the app it's it's uh it's momco app all one word m-o-m-c-o-a-p-p dot com momco app dot com momco app momco app. there you go yeah. all right our seventh story. This this is one I'm really excited about, actually, uh, or the, the potential of, of it. I'm excited about. So there's a there's a new uh, service that's uh, that's launching in the U.S. Um, and it's called Votes V O A T Z. Uh, and basically, you know, with the uh, you know U.S. presidential election uh, on the horizon, um, obviously we have a big election coming up here this fall in Canada as well. Uh, you know the the challenge with with elections in, in today's world, and I guess may, maybe even you know in in our parents' generation and and, and before, uh, you know is is how do you actually get you know uh, people to vote? How do you get people out to vote? Uh, and especially like younger people, you know they they're not into that. Like that's not something that uh, you know you know is is the first thing that comes to mind. You know we, we may have a voice on things, but. You know we don't uh, we don't do it because it's not convenient for us. It's not you know it, it, you know we don't want to drive to some school and and go punch a card and do all that you know because it's not natural it's not a natural thing for us to do you know whatever the reason might be, and so votes basically uh, is all about trying to uh, create a way for us to do this uh, in, in a mobile framework, and so it, it's a mobile only uh, election voting platform. That lets you vote from wherever you are. You could be at home, you could be at school, you could be at work, uh, and you can basically cast your your ballot through this uh, th system. Uh, it's uh, secured by advanced biometrics, maintains uh, complete voter an anonymity. Uh, no one except for the voter knows uh, who he or she has voted for. Uh, it uses industry standard data sources, uh, government and financial banking data, and other things to verify uh, eligibility uh, for for you as a voter. Um, it's kind of surprising that this, you know, is, it, it's only happening now, uh, you know, um, but anyways, it's in beta in a few cities and universities around the world, um, and they're looking to kind of grow this and obviously have this ready 
and hopefully approved in time for the uh, the U.S. federal election. So, um, excited by the potential for this. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that that the, the day can come when you know we can vote. Uh, you know, through our mobile device in some way. It just seems so archaic to think that we have to drive somewhere to like a school or a church. Yeah. And and go and and register where somebody can just basically you know cross your name off of the of the voting registry and you go into this little cardboard box and and with a pencil a lead pencil and uh, and vote it just seems ri- ridiculously yeah. archaic like, yeah you want people to show up and in Canada it's the same thing right our apathy is like fifty percent of the population in Canada don't vote yeah so yeah be where they are let them vote any time yeah I, I'm all for it man yeah, like so it's uh, yeah. So there's, there's probably less fraudulent voting here this way than there would be in say like the U.S. election that reelected George Bush, right? Come on, come on, America, you elected George Bush twice. Enough said, right? There's got to yeah. be some fraud. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, all right. Well, that's cool. Votes. Well, you know, we we had we we yeah we had well we had the first Bush, then we had the other Bush. Yeah, but the first Bush was, at least was a president. The, yeah. the second Bush yeah. was was Bush. Yeah, then we had Clinton. Well, with Clinton, yeah, Clinton was the president. And now we had, we we had twelve have years. Twelve now, years. Of now presidency. we might have another Clinton running against another Bush. So know. you know, it's crazy. It's just yeah. It's a dynasty. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. run. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run for president. Why don't you hop on a bus? I'll be the first Canadian president. Like so, we'll have the first black president. We'll have the first women president. Then we're gonna have the first Canadian president of the United States. There you go. Let's see, it's pretty pretty much up there. We run that country, anyways. <laughs> All right, how's this? Um, our eighth story. Here is here's a, here's a story that just hipsters must love everywhere. How about your own personal bus? Here's a Leap Transit. All right, these are this is in San Francisco. This is a uh, an express bus that takes you from Lombard Street to downtown. That is how hyperlocal this is. Now they're trying to expand throughout the city, but this is a bus uh, uh, beyond all buses. No germs, no jumping up, standing up next to somebody, no leaning on somebody, no bad breath, no nothing like that. How about connectivity from Wi-Fi? How about USB connectivity? How about food? How about comfortable chairs in a relaxed environment and at a time with which you would like to get on the bus? No waiting, man. You just find out where the bus is coming. You jump on. Bluetooth payments, basically pairing, all this kind of stuff. It just sounds like a dream come true. And uh, that's exactly what these guys are doing. So go to leaptransit.com and they are literally trying to change the way that we take the bus. So I, I just described it to you. They have, a, they have uh, it works from 7 a.m. to 10 p.m., 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. and 5 to 8 p.m. Uh, on weekdays. Any, anybody can ride. You basically use the app, uh, the app to find out where the bus is on the route. It's on one route right now, back and forth. Um, they come every 10 to 15 minutes. It'll tell you how many people are on the bus. It'll tell you the status of the bus and you can just show up whenever you want to. Uh, it's very clean. It's very safe. And if you decide that you haven't, you can't have breakfast. They have food waiting for you for sale on the bus. Pictures are astounding. It just seems like a pretty casual place to get on and do some work while you're on the bus ride. This is, uh, this is I don't know, leaptransit.com. Changing the way you think about buses. I like this. I like it. Hyperlocal, though. Like, men, one route. I don't know how yeah. many. I don't, I don't know how they can survive. $6 it costs. If you're asking, it costs $6, I think, to, for, for one ride, one way which is a premium, but you get Wi-Fi. Um, if you buy, it's $5 if you buy in bulk, or you can use your, your pre-tax commuter benefits, which we don't have up here in, in Canada, and ride for less than $4. So anywhere between 4 and $6 to ride on the bus. 
man, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, when was the last time I took a bus? Yeah, but that seems pretty expensive. We'll talk about that at the end of the show as well when we're sure. talking about this hyperlocal stuff. And I'd like to get a Steve's opinion on that. Yeah. All right. All right. Our ninth story. Uh, this is the other two-in-one story because um, we're talking about billboards. Um, and the first is really an update to a story that we covered a while back. Uh, the UTEC, which is a uh, engineering uh, university in Peru, um, you might remember we talked about this. Um, they, they were basically trying to promote themselves as as a school that you'd want to go study engineering at. And uh, as, as a way to do this to attract students, they had set up this billboard sort of in the middle of the desert in Peru uh, along this big freeway and uh, where the um, atmospheric humidity is like 98% and there's almost no rainfall, uh, you might remember. And so people basically have no water uh, or no clean water uh, they can drink. Uh, in this part of the uh, of the country, and so they built this billboard, and basically the billboard sucks the you know the the humidity out of the air, collects it, uh, and 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 has all this technology inside of it that you know uh, condenses it down and turns it into drinking water um, that people can come and, and and fill their buckets up and get drinking water from a billboard. Uh, so we covered that a while back. And so the same university has taken this billboard now and kind of taken it a step further this year. Uh, so it's still doing that. It's, it's pumping out about 96 liters of water, um, uh, I, I think, something like that. Um, let me look up the actual number for you here. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, 96 liters of water per day uh, is, is what this billboard generates for the community around it. In addition to this thing generating 96 liters of water per day, uh, the back of the billboard is packed with these sort of um, PVC pipes, PVC pipes that are you know filled with these nutrients, and so um, it, it, it sucks some of the water away and kind of feeds this, uh, you know, these the, these uh, these these nutrient uh, pipes. And then what they do is on the other side of it is there's there's seeds I guess that they've planted in this thing, and so they grow heads of lettuce, um, and so they're producing 2,400. Le heads of lettuce a week, okay, 2,400 heads of lettuce a week are being produced by the same billboard as it's also generating 96 liters of water a day. Ridiculous, right, um, that they're doing this, but it's it's just so awesome. It's just so cool that they have like a lettuce farm on a billboard, and it's also pumping out water for the community. doing a podcast i don't know man i don't know it's like so insignificant compared to what these guys are doing and you know their goal as i said was to like this is a showcase to say we do cool stuff at this university come study engineering here right and uh, and they're, they're getting results so the uh the uh, the enrollment uh increased at, at this school 28 oh, percent uh since this project has been underway so there you go that, that's amazing. That's amazing. They should just shut down the school and just do these projects full time. There you go. It's, it's unbelievable. Um, on a must, uh, you know, much less uh, exciting, uh, well, maybe for my son, very exciting, 
um, but uh, maybe much less innovative. Let's let's go with that. Um, you might know if if you're if you're into uh, any of these superhero uh, Marvel DC world of uh, of stuff, you know there's like a crapload of uh, of new movies that are coming out. So. My my son keeps talking like he cannot wait until like this this coming weekend May the first is the premiere of the new Avengers Age of Ultron movie, um, and there's a new Fantastic Four movie coming out this fall. There's Star Wars coming out at Christmas. Like the guy is like, you know, all he can do is to keep, like keep himself contained from all these movies that are coming out. Um, but one of them, uh, is, I believe it's it's coming out July 17th, is the Ant-Man movie. Ant Did you think you could stop the future? You're just a thief. No. I'm Ant-Man. I know. It wasn't my idea. Ant-Man is one of these Marvel uh, superhero characters, and he has the ability to become really, really big and really, really small, like an ant. Um and so, uh, in the promotion leading up to this movie, um, in Australia, uh, Marvel has launched a series of uh, billboards. And so, you can just be walking around uh, and maybe waiting for a bus or something. Maybe waiting for a leap bus if it was available in Australia. It's not. But picture, you know, waiting for a bus. And instead of the billboard being like a regular billboard that we're all used to, they actually have these billboards that they've created that are these tiny little like like literally like this big billboards for Ant-Man that are, you know, like they fixed them, they mounted them to the ground so people can't just walk away with them. Um, but there's these mini billboards because Ant-Man is really small. Um, and I thought it was just kind of cool, kind of fun uh, that they're doing that and people are kind of discovering these little tiny little billboards uh, on the ground um, to promote the Ant-Man movie. So there you go. I, you know, again, uh, we talked about this last week. I'm not, not a, uh, like I never knew Ant-Man. I never knew he was big. Um, <laughs> I, you know, he's small, but I never knew he was like a real superhero, and, and yeah. I just wasn't that it wasn't that geeky. But uh, but seeing the trailer, it looks it looks good. Looks it good. Looks, it, it looks good, right? They all yeah. look good. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited too. Man, there you go. So, anyways, if you happen to be in Australia, go find an Ant Man billboard, and you know, send us a picture of it. Please. Um, send us a picture of you standing by the Ant Man billboard or something. Rob and I will show it. Yeah, and then write us a check for hundred bucks on Patreon.com yeah. forward slash Untether. There you go. All right. Done. Yeah. All right. Our, you know what uh, I just realized? What's that? I'm going to be in, Austra in, in Australia before this movie premieres. I might actually be able to find one of these billboards myself, and Rob. And then, Asif, you will have to write us a check for $100. I know. It's ridiculous. <laughs> All right. He's going to be a roving reporter in Australia for his own story. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I like it. There <laughs> you well, go. Well, I'm going to be in Arnprior next weekend. I'll Ooh. find something in Arnprior. In the prior. Yeah, that's an Ontario. That's a Valley joke. All <laughs> it's right, very hyper local. Uh, one last story. Uh, I told this story to my wife, and she's like, "Well, that sucks. That's stupid." And I said, "Well, you could shop there." And what I'm talking about is this store in Pittsburgh. And she, she didn't find it funny at all, and 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 at all. But this this I like the story. Um, this this store in Pittsburgh. Uh, this is a, actually a company. It's a pop up store called Less Than One Hundred. It is uh, created and started by Elena Schlenker, and what it is just makes absolute sense. And a huge statement is: it is a store that sells product at less than a hundred percent of the value, based on your gender. 
Simply put, there is a difference in what men and women make in this world. And what she has done is said that women, you will pay 76% of the total cost of the product. Men, the same product will cost you 100% of the value of the total product. I don't know how to describe this any other, any better. It's a pop-up store. It is a huge statement on the uh, gender inequality when it comes to payment. And uh, she's just saying, this is this is it. This is, you know, nobody's, everybody's afraid to say this stuff. And she's just demonstrating with product price. She wants to create a couple others in Louisiana and New Orleans. And this, I don't know what to say other than, holy cow. This, I think this, it's awesome. This you know, creates when I came a big across statement. this story, I was like, first of all, you know, you know, I said, I said, uh, I purposely arranged the stories this week so that Rob was covering this story because I know how important, you know, women's issues and women's rights, you know, from all the work your, your mother did and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, you know, I, I said, Rob's got to be the perfect story. story this week, but it, it's, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we, we need to talk about these things. I think it's, it's fantastic that, that she's doing this. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all. Um, you know, and, and it's a huge I, statement. It's a huge, it's a huge statement. statement. Yeah. And you're so right. I mean, you know, we talk about it all the time. We talk about this this inequality that happens, and it's all talk, 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 talk. So here's a woman who has just taken it and said, listen, you know what? I'm going to show you. I'm going to remind you about what this means. Now, this doesn't mean that you go out and it's a discount. This is a, this is as big a political statement as I've seen it when it comes to this. But uh, yeah, I, 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 there's not, I have nothing wrong with this either. I think that this is probably a good demonstration. I don't know how successful the store will be. It'll be interesting to see what the reaction is. But um, you, you know, this is certainly a, a the biggest statement that I've seen in something like this before. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. I don't know if I have a uh, wait. Let me see if I have a URL for that so that we can actually include it into yeah less than one hundred dot org less than one hundred dot org. That's a one hundred as in the number. Pay what you're paid is what the yeah, and they're is. a nonprofit by the way. Yes, they are. Yeah, this is this is actually very good. Um, so they're going to be till April thirtieth in Pittsburgh, and um, so if you're around, that's the end of this week. So you should go and stop by, um, four nine zero one Penn Avenue, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Good for them. Cool. Less than one hundred dot org. Steve, those are the 10 stories. Man, I think we cruised through those in a record-setting pace. We will slow things down and talk for hours and hours and hours about our major thing. No, I'm just joking. The future of location is coming up right now. This is the panel that, uh, this was the closing panel at Retail Loco. It's only a snippet of it. If you are interested in it, you should actually go to thelbma.com and take a look around. You'll be able to find where all the other panels are. You just have to register and you get access to all the panels, all the recordings from all the panels and the keynotes. But here is the future of location from Retail Loco with a whole bunch of people you'll know very soon around uh, this conversation around it. And uh, I swear, this is a worthwhile uh, panel to look up on Retail Loco. So here we go. The future of location panel from Retail Loco. We are here, uh, I guess the, the big question is uh, the future of location. We've heard quite a bit uh, of what is going on across all sectors today. Um, and, and I think the ultimate question comes down to, um, you, I, we talked to a lot of people. Asif, you and I talked to a lot of people. We talked of a lot of people on the podcast. Asif goes around the world uh, and talks to a lot of people. Everybody sits here and tries to solve a problem for a lot of people. 
And uh, the, the question that I always get from people that say, well, you know, I, I don't want to be interrupted. I don't, uh, I don't see the need for this. The things that are, are out there today work better. They work fine. I got a credit card. I don't know. So ultimately, the, the, the question that I have, and I had, I've had this all day, is uh, why, what, what does this look like? Not just, not like five years down the road, because I would call BS on all of you guys and you started talking about five years down the road. <laughs> but like, how does this impact us? Where, where does this go for the next six months? And then the next 12 months, right? And I think that Mike, you're the first one I, to jump in there. I could jump in. Um, so uh, the next six months is about, and we've started to see this already, and it's kind of so in its infancy, if you want. I mean, it's all about its context, and it's this idea of being able to, um, to package context and be able to say, all right, we're gonna, you know, our user experience is one of the most important things when you're differentiating your app or your ad tech platform or, or, your or whatever, yeah. or, or your mall, yeah, whatever, whatever it happens to be. And uh, making, uh, reducing the friction between the time a user decides to do something and getting that value is, is the goal here. I mean, you know, opening an app, you got like 30 seconds to do something for a user. And if you can, if you can take, um, the, the data that you're, you're gathering about that user and you can and you can give them the experience faster, then you have an opportunity to give them time to explore again. And I think some companies that are doing it really well right now are companies like um, Home Depot and one of our customers, Cardstar, does it really well. And um, but what we're trying to what we're seeing what we want to see is to them to take it to the next level. And that's like what I think we're going to see next. We start to see companies start to design for a place-based experience and start to say, all right, well you've got. Uh, a persona, and here's what they here's what they do functionally when they go to a, a specific place, and then you start to say, oh, well, what should we do with that? You know, we we've seen how they're using the app, and that's all well and good, but how do you use it to differentiate? And the answer is giving them the thing that they wanted without being creepy about it, but just you know making sure that um, you're optimizing the experience. So app dissipation for Yelp, uh, for instance, is we're all business travelers, right? I mean, we especially us, we're on the road a lot and see each other and stuff. So it's, it's this idea of um, if, if you know it's a business traveler and you know it's a coffee lover and it's Yelp and it's 2 o'clock and they're in another city, what should the default experience be? Just go for it. Go for it. Save them, save them four gestures and keystrokes and all that kind of stuff in and, and, and 15 seconds. And so then you have the opportunity there to create a revenue stream for yourself uh, or, or give them more opportunities to explore. So you can say, here are the coffee shops, and by the way, try this one, or something like that. It makes it, it makes it, uh, you, you give them the right experience and you, you have an opportunity to do more. That's one thing. Yeah, could I just uh, repeat yeah, that? I think you're absolutely correct, and I think that will be as well. No, 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 no. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't, I, I won't say anything like uh, those market bits won't be applicable okay. in okay. I will say that I think you're onto something that it will be about changing user behavior from having to find information, going in, searching for it, finding it, instead of serving it based on context and location. When I, I, when I fl flew out here, I stood by the, the machine where you do the automatic check-in. Called, push it into another machine, and then something will print it out. Why? Why do I have to do that? I'm there. The machine could know I'm there. I'm obviously flying. You can serve me the right information just just to my face. And we are working with all the airports in Norway now, and they're actually looking at those kind of solutions where you can kind of funnel the customer through the airport much much, much smarter than today. So absolutely, next six months, but also the five the next five years is about pushing relevant information. And once customer.
It's very hard to go back. Yes. Very, very hard. I've got, there's a different point of view that, that I think is going to happen. And uh, I can't think of the past sort of barbecue tonight for dinner, so I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go too far out there. But I think, you know, we've been we've been afraid of geofencing and, and beacons as sort of vehicles for advertising. That's kind of a term we threw out there a couple years ago, which is, you know, blast me an offer because I'm near something. But what do you? And so picking up up one Seesaw talked about with location as a cookie. You know, we're seeing customers now doing that where. You know, basically a geofence or a beacon is a great potential to have a conversation with the customer. But the, the next thing you need to know is, what the heck should that conversation be? Right. right? Should this be like, hey, I've never seen you before, welcome, or should it be, that's, is this the 16th time you've been here today, right? There's a completely different conversation that has to happen. So, that's me and Trader Joe's. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 16 times a day, you got, got an issue. Three. So, you know, that's, that's, a, that's the reality is that I think marketers are going to realize that, you know, it's not this new shiny object that I can blast out coupons because somebody's near my store, but it's rather, you know, how do I take this data and use it to turn around and serve somebody? So, and I'll use an example because, and this was, it was a customer of ours that was at our Mobile Saturday event last year at South by watching our location panel. That it, uh, it was the U.S. Open Tennis, and they left that session. And they said, we're going to go back and do beacons at the U.S. Open this year. And they put 20 beacons around. And they, they didn't know what they were going to do with them. But you know, and they were doing things like sending notifications saying, hey, welcome to the U.S. Open. Here's today's guide to the events. But later on, they had a problem, a business problem. And they said, what could we do to solve this? And they said, we have empty seats for some of the uh, matches at night. And everybody sort of assumes that the U.S. Open is always sold out. So that was their business problem. They said, well, what can we do with these because we got downloading the app all over the world, people in Norway, in malls in Norway, right? So they said, let's look at people that have already been to the US Open because they're the folks that are gonna buy a last minute ticket. So they had a tag set from a beacon. So they knew they had actually physically been there. That's like location history, right? That's a cookie, basically. Tonight. So they said, how many people fit that criteria? And it ended up being 300,000 people. And they sent out a notification saying last minute tickets. The click-through rate to Ticketmaster was 32%, which I would say is probably one of the greatest <laughs> metrics I've ever heard of. And so I look at that as, did people view that as genius marketing, or they view that as an unbelievably great customer service experience, right? Folks saying, this is an unbelievably powerful data set, but I have to look at the right conversation so that it really does resonate with the customer. So good. I was going to ask, is, is, that, is that change, does that happen on the marketer's side, the business side, or the consumer side? Well, the consumer is, to them, it's, it's, you know, the problem they have is, hey, I like the U.S. Open, but I'm not going to bother to go spend 25 minutes finding out their tickets. How can we tap into this effortless experience? You know, this idea that if we could surface up the, you know, the Yelp coffee at 2 a.m., if we could surface up the fact that there's tickets available to those people that we think care about that, they're going to respond, and that's exactly what they did. So they've tapped into a basic need, but they've said, you know, let's, let's make it effortless, and, and let's see what happens. Surprise. Yeah, I think I think for me, the next six to twelve months is really about you know sort of embracing uh, who we are right now, which is you know super lazy, uh, impatient people um, who uh, you know are, are looking for technology to you know m make things more convenient. And, and I think you know when we look at uh, things like the Apple Watch and, and talked about this uh, on your panel yesterday on wearables, you know it, it's it's really about you know tr trying to reduce steps. Reducing keystrokes, reducing steps, not having me take the phone out of my pocket because I hate taking my phone out of my pocket every time it buzzes to do something because I can just do this and 
and it's a lot easier, it's a lot more convenient. And I think we're going to see its economy emerge that's you know, powered by some of the new technologies that are coming. And it's very much about location, it's very much about context um, and tying it all together. But for, you know, for me, it's really about embracing you know, the fact that we're, we're just lazy and we're impatient people and you know, technology is going to help that a lot. Oh, that is but a snippet of the intellectual firepower that was on that panel. Boy, worthwhile. So go and check it out at uh, thelbma.com. Where where do we send people for that? Do we have a Yeah, just go just go to the uh, thelbma.com uh, uh, under the uh, resource tab and you'll see, you'll, you'll see it there. Yeah. Just go and do it. It's worth your while to yep. to hear the rest of it. I'm a little biased, but it was worth worth your while to hear the rest of it. So, we thank everybody who was on that panel and we can't wait to see you at Retail Loco in October in Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Going to be uh, good. Yeah, you know, before we actually get into our story, uh, before you wander away and you think that's the end of the show, uh, it's not because these stories are very important. They're, they, uh, this is where we actually have a good conversation around some of the themes that we're bringing up in the top 10 stories. And this time we're talking about basically the uh, this hyper-local uh, business. Right? We're starting to see these apps emerge again around hyper-local and can they sustain themselves without the density required? How do you get the density to create a sustainable business in the hyper-local space? But... Uh, no pun intended. Yeah, exactly. But density is such a great word because it's exa- it describes it so well. But if you're not, if you don't have density in your in your app, and you need density in your app in your name, for example, it doesn't really work out that well. Yeah. Before we get into that story, I want to say hello to Tara Hadler, who is somebody who watches the show and listens to this show quite regularly, and she comments on the show. And she sent me an email based on our last episode, number two hundred and thirty. If you haven't watched that or listened to that. It was a good one. She says, so good. Uh, she said, uh, but today's awesome. Today's episode was awesome. Moose satellites, poetry, remotes, art. Oh, my. So she said that uh, thank you for doing what you do in this show. So, Tara, if you're listening to this one, thank you for sending that email. What my response was, hashtag best email ever. So you can actually reach out to us and you can send us that email. That would be so good. It will make me cry. It'll make Thanks, me Thanks, Sarah. We, we really, really appreciate it. Boy, do we ever. Uh, Boy, do we ever. Um, People like that that make us do this. Where's Tara based? She is based in London, Asif. At the, uh, she works for the Network for Business Sustainability. That's uh, nbs.net. And uh, she's actually a project manager. Uh, there that's London, the, Ontario, right? That's London, Ontario. Yeah, okay. That's Ontario, Cool. She, she was probably rooting for the Senators, right? Because the Leafs are out, right? Is that what happens? No. 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 Doesn't work that way. Well, Tara, Anyways. thanks for listening, and uh, and actually, thank you for giving us some feedback, some positive feedback. I love positive feedback. It's the greatest thing ever. All right, now we've got our the last thing that we want to talk about here is this hyperlocal thing because it is it is starting to emerge again. Right here in these top 10 stories, we had the Density app. You are my Density, Asif. We had MomCo. We had, uh, well, even Votes could be it. We have Leap uh, buses that are very, very hyper, hyper-local services. You, you know, it's, it's the same thing where you walk by a store every day and you don't notice the store. And then all of a sudden, uh, you notice that it's gone out of business. Right. And, and because it couldn't sustain it based on the volume of people that would go in. This happens all the time. Uh, and and I, it's the same thing that happens with these services. Right. So something like density will only work if there is enough people. There are enough people that actually use the application and there are enough businesses that install their little hardware piece right in the door. And the same thing with MomCo, for example, is that if there are no mothers when I log in 
as a mother, right? Um, then, and, and there's no, I don't get any value. There's no businesses on there. There are no uh, other mothers that are on there. There are no daycares. You know what I mean? There's no services around there that are on there. I don't log in again. I don't, I, I, I delete the application. And then if, for example, I get so enamored with the buses, like Leap buses, and uh, they, they can't find enough people, you know, the buses aren't packed, for example, uh, and they can't afford to stay in business, then they go out of business and, and they, they disappear. So I wonder about the viability of, and the sustainability of these hyperlocal. What is that? Oh, sorry, that's you are my destiny. You are my destiny. You are my destiny. Nice. You've been looking. You've been holding on that for this whole time, right? You are my density. Nice. It's Paul Anka, man. It's so good. There you go. It's so good. Asif the DJ. Well, what do you think? Do these guys hold a chance? Like Paul Anka, long career. Yeah. But do you think that these guys can have a long career? Uh, no. 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 I don't. Um, <laughs> and that's the shortest conversation we've ever had. Yeah. No, I mean, so here's what I think about this. I, I think, first of all, getting businesses to agree to let you put these counters, trackers. Yeah. These, these trackers, these counters, uh, is going to be a challenge. Uh, second is, is that I don't know why, you know, Facebook and Foursquare can't do this in a virtual way. Uh, and just tell you how many people are there, uh, anyways, right? I mean, they. Sh I mean, that's something they should be doing, right? Um, it, 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 one of the frustrating things to me is, as as somebody who still uses Foursquare every once in a while, um, is I, I, in the old Foursquare, you used to be able to like pull up a place, you know, like you like you'd say, okay, like show me, um, you know, what uh, what pubs are nearby, mm -hmm. okay. Um, and you, and you'd pull up the list and it would show you not just which ones are nearby, but it would show you what was trending right then and how many people were actually there. These are people who are on Foursquare were there right now. Uh, it doesn't do that anymore. I like didn't the, know that. No, no, it hasn't done that for a long time. And, um, and so that's kind of frustrating, right? Because it, it's, um, you know, that, that for me is effectively what this thing's trying to do. It's trying to sh tell you, Hey, you know, like your local place that, uh, that you love to hang out at is uh, right, right. You know, there's 20 people there right now. Why don't you go hang out? Or it's dead right now, so don't bother. Um, and and um, so, so I, I think you could do this with Facebook. I think you could do this with Foursquare. I think you could do this with Twitter. You could do this with a lot of things in a completely virtualized way without having to put hardware in there. Um, because you can ping off Wi Fi signals, you can ping off beacons, you can ping off a whole bunch of other things to do this without actually having some sort of de dedicated hardware there. And you already have user base and you already have people, you know, connected to these platforms. So a standalone app to do this, I think is a waste of time. You know, it'd be interesting though, because uh, you know, what they claim is this complete anonymity, right? No apps required. You don't have to have a phone even to, to be counted. So it gives a, an accurate, a very accurate in and out count, mm -hmm. which is basically what they're, what they're saying. I, I think, let's turn it around. How could this work? Right. So, you know, I think that there's there's definitely something here when it comes to I mean, Lenny has been thinking about this idea since the local mind yep. days, right, which is about how do you, how do you know what's popular? What's what if there's a long wait or if you can get a table or whatever you get into the bar. And, and so I always think, like, what, what, what could it be? How could this work? And maybe maybe there is a, uh, you know, the the venue, the place owns their data. And they license that their data, they license their activity to a company that brokers all of these and brings it all together in an Uber app that says, okay, this is sanctioned with by all of us to be able to bring this data in and, and show you whether or not this is a, a busy place. Could that work? 
Yeah, but, but okay, but, but put, let me put you this way. If you're the venue owner, yeah. right, and you know, you're trying to make sure your place is busy all the time and yes. you're trying to get people there, if it's dead right now, do you want to be telling people that? You lie. You just send, you lie, you send right? Billy in and out 50 so times. That's why I think like them get, getting these guys, you know, convincing you know, venues to take these, these, these hardware things and put them into their, into their properties is going to be a difficult thing. Because if you're not a busy place to begin with, you don't want people to know that. You, you, you know what I'm saying? Yes. I, and yeah, you know, you're right. And unless there's a way to, he, I, I think the bottom line is that how do you drive more people into your store using this tool, right? Because sure. that, that's, that's the bottom line. It's one thing to say that it's not busy. It's another thing to say, it's not busy. How do I get people in the door? And that's where it's probably not answering the question. It's just saying, hey, it's not busy. For one reason or another, this place is too busy or not busy enough. And, and it's not helping people drive into the store. So, yeah, you're right. But what about something like, does the same thing happen with mom code? Does the same thing happen there with, with the, the amount of people that have to be using the application for it to succeed in a hyper-local spot? Yeah, I think mom code's a little bit different. I, I think it, it, uh, it has the ability to succeed in the sense that it, it's, a, this, it's focused on, a, uh, you know, on this idea of a, of a community, right? Yeah. Uh, in this case, the community is, is a community of moms. It's not unlike... You know when you know we talked about world like there it's an interest based thing right back in the day you had world where you had you know community location specific communities around wine around movies around shopping around you know whatever in this case it's moms mm -hmm. is is the community and so um you know the 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 number of people on it is a limiting factor, but if you can get enough people on it, then you'll have brands lining up uh you know to kind of you know promote stuff on this so so there is a revenue model. That you can, you know, accrue to this if you can get the, you know, the number of users that you need to drive this. Um, what I don't like about these kinds of things uh, is that, uh, um, you know, like they're 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 positioned as, hey, this has not never been done before, you know, like that, like first ever, world class, it's first ever, it's world beating, it's yeah. it, you know, whatever it is, right, you know. Go talk to Catherine Tucker in New York, uh, you know, the creator of Red Rover. Okay, Red Rover is exactly this thing, except it's been around now for like five years. It has a user base. It's all moms. It's all about setting up play dates. It's all about all the things that this thing's talking about, um, except, you know, it's been going on for five years, and they already have density, and they already have, you know, brands supporting it, and they already have all that stuff. So uh, why do we need another one? You know that we covered Red Rover in episode number 24, Asif, May 8th, 2011? Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. So, I mean, that's how long it's been around. It was We, we called it, it was our tool of the week back then. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm with you on this. And, uh, you know, I... I you know what I'm going to do? Here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna call Catherine up tomorrow. I'm going to say, I'm going to get her to come on the show yeah. and talk about where they are now. That's a good um, idea. And, and, and so we'll have her on the next couple of weeks. It's only been basically four years since yeah. you know yeah. since we talked about it. So there you I'm go. sure I'm sure there's change. Right? Things mm -hmm. change in four years. But but you know, I always so when it comes to a service like this is that I wonder if they, they always take on too much, right? It's not a gradual you're trying to build a community and there's steps here building a community. Trust me. I mean it's a long step. I mean on Tether.tv I've been doing this forever and I'm trying to build a community. And it's like slow steps. And then you slide back down for a little while, and then you climb back up. And and 
I, I, it seems to me sometimes they, people think that they need to do too much. And the most important piece, especially here for something like Momco, is the community, right? Is that you can't feel like you're being sold to, being, being uh, you, you know, your data is being sold or, or, you know, service providers are in there because they love your data. Like, it has to be a genuine community that brings mothers together, that there's value there. And then you can start to layer on top once you build a community. And it just seems to me like, you know, for businesses, if you go to their website, it's like, businesses here and you, you know, no, no, no. It's not about the businesses. It's about the individuals. It's about the mothers and making sure that there's a connection that happens there. And then when that does, the second visit, the third, the fourth, the fifth visit, more data comes in. Then you start to layer on the services, uh, service offering. But if you try to do it all at once, it, for me, it just seems disingenuous. You're not doing it for the right reasons. Red Rover, doing it for the right reasons, right? And, uh, and I, so, yeah, like I'm not sold on any of these. But I, I, I think that the biggest one that I'm, I'm, I wonder about is, is whether or not Leap buses can survive something like this with one route or two routes, a premium bus. The bus is decked out. Like, that is a good bus to be on. Um, but you must have a thought on this from, a, like, a hyperlocal. How does this scale? Does it scale? Does it need to scale? Can you do this and make a business out of it? Six bucks a pop? I don't know if it needs to scale. Like, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure you could, you know, if it works on one route, you could start to add a couple of other routes and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it's, um, you know, it's a nice little lifestyle business for somebody. Sure. If you can, uh, you know, if you can get a little bit of, of growth and get, you know, like five buses running and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, it, and it's the kind of thing that it's not going to work in every city, right? It's, 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 it's very much a San Francisco... <laughs> You know, type of thing, and maybe Austin, and maybe you know, um, you know, uh, you know, Kansas City or somewhere like that. You know, where you got all the Google super, you know, Wi-Fi and all that stuff going on. You can, you might be able to make make these things work in some of these in these communities. Um, but yeah, you, this is not going to you know challenge uh, you know Greyhound or you know people like that or local bus routes. I just wonder about the legalities of running a bus. I, I don't know. Obviously, you, you can do it, um, but here in Canada, my guess is that I couldn't start a bus that, that competed with my you know OC Transpo is what it's called, uh, mm. our local bus system here. I, I just don't know that it would because for Christ's sake, my government here in Ottawa is arresting Uber drivers. Can you imagine me saying, "Hey, I'm going to start a bus"? Like, how how, how would that be? And you know what? There's going to be food for sale and, you know, seatbelts and you just run around and, you know, I'm just waiting for these guys to start serving beer. Right. Um, and, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, and in, in Colorado, you know, selling pot, uh, you know, whatever it might be. Right. But I just I can't imagine my, my mayor saying, oh, yeah, sure. We'll arrest all those Uber drivers, but not the guy who's riding a bus with 30 people. Uh, anyway, I, yeah, I, yeah I, maybe maybe it doesn't need to, but it, it, it's. Like it's a comfortable bus, and I would take a look at these. It, guys. It, I mean, I'd love to ride on it just to, you know. I mean, it looks amazing. I'm just gonna have to get up to Lombard, and then you'd be able to get there. You know, yeah, that, that's the key. It's up. It's up north. Anyway, so uh, not not great news for the hyper local business, like the hyper 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 local businesses out there that we've talked about. Um, but that doesn't mean that these are going to fail. And if you are out there, and we've just totally ripped your business apart, density, for example. Reach out. We'd love to have you on the show. Let's have this conversation in public. It would be great to to come on and, and uh, allow you to uh, to you know counteract what we we've, we've talked about when it comes to scale. Do businesses really want to put hardware on their door? I don't think so. I, I don't really think so. I see if doesn't think so. Why do you think so? Reach out. Robin on Tether.tv or Asif at the LBMA.com. Or you can just take the abuse and be quiet. It's up to you. It's way up to yeah. you. Yeah, but we'd rather hear from you. We would love, we'd love to hear from you. Exactly. Yeah. Been a little feisty. Sen's lost. Still a little sad. Still a little sad to see. Raptors lost. 
But this episode went by the very Jays lost. The Jays lost. It's not a good day. <sighs> well, what do right. you say we put this one to rest? Let's do it. We'll do it on a high note, right? <laughs> trying to think of something very positive. Springsteen is not touring. The uh, Ottawa Senators are out of the playoffs. The Raptors are done. Um, Did your Yankees win today? I, I don't know if the Yankees won today. I was so consumed with the hockey game. I, mean, now I don't it's, think they did, actually. It's such a letdown. Both of my kids are sick. It's late at night. Crap! Come on, there's got to be something good that happens. A sea, Puerto Rico, you're going to Australia. Uh, something, something big is happening. I'm sure of it, somewhere. Hey, yeah. if you have good news out there, why don't you tell us that? Reach out to us, and please register for this thing, this AMA for Asif on May 6th. It'll be at 4 p.m. Eastern time. It will be live, and if you have a question, you can either come on to camera or you can just type it in. It'll be done with a Google Hangout. We're going to give that a try. This is a total experiment. would love to have you a part of it. We'd like more than, you know, me in there asking questions because then it would just be like this. And if we get enough people in there, I will publish this as a uh, standalone uh, podcast or episode. So please show up May 6th. You go to untether.tv slash QA. All right, Asif, have a good time in Toronto. Long, long uh, haul for you to get to, I know. Tropical city of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, and if you're around in Toronto, come and see Asif on Tuesday night if it's possible. Um, yeah, I'd love to see you. Yeah, and if not, we'll be back here next week. Episode 232. And then again on May 6th for the uh, Asif AMA. All Asif, all the time. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you, Tara, for your fine, fine, fine comments. Asif. Yeah. Man, have a great week. Thank you, sir. Over and out. Later. Sitting. So sad.